The parents of a young man who died after taking drugs at a music festival earlier this month have revealed how they brought his friends into the hospital room to see what the illegal substance has actually done to their son. Jack Downey, 19 years of age, died three days after taking what is believed to have been uh, MDMA at the Independence Festival in Mitchellstown, Cork, over the August bank holiday weekend. Now, his parents, Elaine and Johnny Downey from Clonmel County Tipperary, revealed that they felt duty-bound to show what drugs and what damage drugs have done to their son. And Mr Downey said, they all saw Jack tubed up and wired up. Uh, There was a shock factor. He went on to say he was on dialysis, his liver was totally destroyed and all his organs had failed. His mother said, we are duty-bound to let every single person who came to that hospital see how Jack Downey, the fine man that he was, destroyed, destroyed by what happened. And Mrs Downey said she remains concerned that young people are taking risks with drugs. Many young people today are different from how our lives used to be. They want a buzz. Many of them are are sensible, educated, bright young people with great futures. Uh, But all it takes is one big mistake. And the results are awful and horrendous. And there is always somebody there preying on them. She went on to say, we can't let what happened to Jack happen to any other boy or girl. People have to stand up and speak. The young need to look out for each other and people should be willing to pull youngsters aside if they are doing what they shouldn't be doing, even if they get a tongue-in-cheek lashing for intervening. We are all too casual about what is going on with young people in Ireland. And she's 100% right. And I'm delighted that sadly her son has passed away and condolences to the family. But she's trying to bring some good out of it for other children. And maybe if it saves another life, well, it'll be worth it. So today I want to talk about the fact that Jack's parents wanted people to see the damage that the drugs had done to their son. And I want to know if all schools should be also doing this. And I've said this time and time again. What harm would it be to have a picture of somebody like Jack or some other child who did drugs put up on a wall? Yes, it's grotesque to see a dead body. It's difficult to look at, isn't it? really hard but then it gets the point home I remember that young lady we talked about I think it was uh, was it Lee Bates Uh, back in the 1990s she'd taken ecstasy and the Evening Herald got permission from her parents to put her picture on the front page of the Evening Herald lying dead in her bed and that picture everybody from that era remembers that picture and the effect that it had on them And it probably stopped a lot of people, even that night, going out and taking ecstasy. It might have saved a life. And I believe that when it comes to all these things that affect young people, be it suicide or be it drugs or be whatever it is, they need to see the reality. The reality is not wonderful. The only reality kids see nowadays is social media. They see Jack or they see Leah or they see people like that, you know, out of their heads, at a music festival, having a great time on Facebook or Instagram. They don't see the reality of what might have happened afterwards when their liver was destroyed or their body's organs collapsed or they're in a hospital with tubes sticking out of them and they die 24 hours later. They don't see that because that's not their reality. So maybe they need to see the reality. The young man or the young woman who took their lives at 15 or 16 years of age in the most grotesque way. And I know it's daytime radio and please be aware of that. If you have any children listening, I'm warning you now. But the reality is when people take their lives, they do it in horrible, horrible ways. And they think, yeah, they get a bit of attention from it. But unfortunately, it's long term. They're not coming back. They don't see that reality. They don't see the reality of not coming back again. 
So they die from drugs, they die from suicide, they die from all sorts of things because they don't understand the reality. They're too young. And even at 16 or 17 years of age, 18 years of age, you'd think they would know better, but they don't. We think 18-year-olds are adults, but they're not really. Scientists have said the brain doesn't mature properly till you're about 25. We're still maturing all throughout our lives. We're learning and we understand reality better. So why not put up posters in schools? This is what it looks like when you die of a drug overdose. This is what it looks like when you die from killing yourself. This is the reality. But we won't do that because we're too soft and we believe it's insensitive. Should secondary school students be shown graphic realities of drugs and all the things that affect young people? Let me know if you think they should. Or is that a bit OTT? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 87 one double eight, treble zero eight. Uh, Kathy, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Kathy? Morning, Niall. How are you? Or good afternoon, I should say. A shocking story. Another young man, completely a waste of a good life. Uh, you know, a young man had a whole future ahead of him, uh, all because of drugs, Kathy. Oh, it's just terrible. My heart breaks for his poor family. Um, it's just such a senseless waste. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, these teenagers need to visit uh, hospices and cancer wards and see their peers that are fighting to stay alive that are terminally ill and just realise how stupid it is to take that gamble. It just is so stupid. And do you think that would work? I mean, I, I, I mentioned Leah Bates who was on, I don't know, you remember that picture in the Evening Herald? Back I do in actually, night? yeah. Everyone, do. everyone of our age remembers that picture <laughs> in the Evening Herald. And yeah. we all remember it because of, you know, how shocking it was for a national newspaper to carry a picture of a young dead girl, she was only 16 I think, on the front of a newspaper. But you know something, we're out of touch with reality everywhere because if you look, even if you're watching any of the English channels on telly, the girls are so distorted with plastic surgery and fillers and they look like, they all look like they're wearing masks mm-hmm. because the only reality that matters to them is Instagram and what it looks like. Yep. Because, you know, they don't see the reality of anything. I mean, nights out look fantastic on Snapchat and Instagram because everyone's beautiful, everyone is... Happy, smiling, pissed, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They don't see them waking up on a Monday morning with their livers in bits and no money left for the week and, you know, but there's no such thing as reality now on any level. Young ones haven't a clue. No, they they, we, I mean, we don't so see these young girls with no makeup on anymore. They have to. I mean, I think women are beautiful with no makeup or with makeup. It doesn't really matter, right? But <laughs> but there's a, there's this kind of essential thing that you must to look good. You must have this wonderful makeup with the chiseled features and this. I don't know what they call us. What's they call that? You spend two hours now painting yourself. Contouring, contouring. This oh, is yeah. Sake. I mean, every girl, every, why is it every, I know we're kind of going into a slightly different section here, but every young girl of 16 years of age, they look the same because they're all looking at Instagram. And they Instagram. look exquisite. They look exquisite. But you know something, th- th- there are some pluses to it. If you're kind of a plain Jane, you know, there's a lot you can do to make yourself feel better. That's great. There are mm-hmm. pluses. But I just think it's gone really bitchy. I think that uh, kids that, that aren't conforming to that new norm stand out like sore thumbs and they're also terrified to being laughed at yet they're the first ones to laugh and point if somebody's not doing what the rest of the world are doing but just to get, to get back to the drug thing it's such a scary time to be a parent I have a lad turning 16 tomorrow and mm-hmm. you know trying to keep him away from I know I have two young lads one, one is 23 one is 18 I know what it's like you know thank, thankfully scarier. they're good kids touch wood 
you know? That's scarier when they're your age, though, because um, they have money. They have means. Mm-hmm. I have a bit of control over what my lad has in his wallet, but like he has a part-time job, but he doesn't have a lot of money. I think, and do you ever you say know, it to him? Do you, do, you, do you ever ask him, has he been offered drugs or...? Um, well, you see, he's only just started to go out. Not really. I ha- we have talked about drugs and mm-hmm. drink more so. Yeah. We live in a rural area and I think drink is more prevalent. But more accessible, yeah, yeah. Probably, yeah. But it's just, you know, to give them freedom and let them, you know, they have to let them make mistakes for them to learn because nobody ever sat and listened to mum and dad and went, okay then, and did what they were told. We would you, would you have an objection if the school, for example, brought them all into the hall and ran a big slideshow? and said, this is the reality of drugs. And they showed people strung out. They showed people dead, uh, you know, on the ground or in beds. They showed people who, young people who took their lives from different methods. Would you have, you know, the re- and to show the reality of death and the reality of the damage that alcohol, drugs, or taking your life, or the reality of all these things, because they don't seem to understand the reality. Would you have an objection as a parent, Cathy, if your ch- child was exposed to that? I th- I'd encourage it. I think it's an amazing idea. It's incredibly brave of those parents to put their tragedy there for, for, for us, to help us with our children and be able to show them the picture and say, look, this is what the reality is. This is what happens. And I just all credit to them. You know, in their worst hour, they're thinking about all of our kids. And that, to me, is amazing. Mm-hmm. I agree. But, but say that because, Graham, you're on Classic <coughs> Kids. Graham, you don't think it would work. I'm not an expert in it. But do I have an opposition to it just on principle? No. But you need to present some data that it actually works. Well, I, but I can give you an anecdotal. Like, I, I can't give you a data. No, I, but again, but the anecdotes, anecdotal evidence isn't proof of anything. But everybody you know. remembers that picture from the 90s of the Evening Herald. Everybody. Mm, well, anybody who was kind of around at the time and old enough to see it. Uh, I don't and I was. Yeah. Just, so just as your anecdotal, yeah. you remember it, your other speaker remembers it. I don't. And I'm not that far off in age from yourself. It was um, about, I, I'm not too sure what year it was. It would have been about 94, probably 1993 or 1994. I think that picture was in the Evening Herald. I probably would have been in fifth year at the time. So yeah, it was the time the cat, when the, the ecstasy. Gone. Do you remember the, the the music, the banging music from the nineties that you had? The kind of techno of and and the ecstasy was really popular. Now I think it is still popular. Now it was nineteen ninety five, I think actually. Yeah, and the ecstasy was really popular. Every club, you know, everybody was off their heads on ecstasy. And it, it was I wouldn't to, say everybody, but uh, well, a, a lot of people. Portion of the yes. people there would be. Yeah, yeah. Course, yeah, but they still are. Uh, but have they moved from ecstasy to something else? I believe cocaine sure is more popular now. Maybe off the head on something else, but they still. See, I never, I never did. Like, I was a DJ in all drugs. these clubs, Graham, and I never took ecstasy because I, I was one of these people, and I was offered it so many times when I was DJing. But I was one of these people who always felt that'll be me. I'll be the one who'll end up in a coffin. I, I was, I was probably scared more than anything else to take it, so which was a good thing. You yeah, know? But look, that's the reason for yourself. Like you were saying a second ago, and this isn't contoning drugs or anything, but you're saying the reality of drugs. The reality of drugs is most people don't die. Vast majority of people don't. Obviously, this young man, what happened is absolutely tragic. All that, but that kind of tragedy could be avoided if there were testing centres as part of a licence for every festival. But the reality of smoking is that most people don't die. The reality of drinking is that most people don't die. But, yes, there's, a, but there's a risk factor, isn't there? there oh, of course there is. Of course there is. Yeah. Because, again, and this isn't an advocation for legalising of everything and all that kind of stuff, but... There is a risk factor because there is no quality control because you're essentially getting it off criminal. But wouldn't it be better so, if I mean, they just didn't? Whether, whether, whether they were exact same okay. product all the time. Okay, yeah, but whether it was happen. a pure so form, it whether it's a pure form of MDMA or not, right, or pure forms of heroin or cocaine or whatever it is, and I understand what you're talking about, and you know these erroneous drugs that come onto the market because it's illegal. 
it doesn't make any difference. People still can die. You are better off without would, drugs than with drugs. Di- you can die if you make that argument. You can die from drinking too much water. I was, you, but hold on. You're better you off. But, but you, you want to drink a lot of water, by the way, to die drinking yeah, water. Yeah, of course you would. But okay, but, you, but the point I'm trying to make is you're better without drugs than with drugs, right? Most of them you'd die. But we, Graham, we can agree on that. You're better without drugs than with drugs. Yeah, we'd agree on yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, sure. So we would prefer well, if our children weren't taking it drugs. Isn't going to stop kids doing it. But aren't we talking about sorry to interrupt? Aren't we talking about just these formative years between, like, I don't know, 13 and 17 or 18, where we're trying to keep our kids on the straight and narrow. Obviously, once they're adults, they're in more control. We're just talking about what we can do as parents to try and steer our kids through those years. You know, obviously, everyone that takes drugs doesn't die. Thank God they don't. What to do for our children to get them through these years? Do they need adults' reality? I believe they do. Yes, but and if this is something that works, I zero it. Not that it's up to me. Well, actually, I could be in the classroom. They'd be the one talking about it. You never know. Um, but I have no issue with it if it's something that works. I, there's limited resource and finance that can be put towards this and, try, and trying to ensure that you know kids make correct. Well, would you, and, uh, as, as a school teacher, Graham, would you have an objection? Well, I, the kids you teach are very young, right? Okay, but if it was second, no, they're not. Uh, secondary school students. Oh, okay, okay. So, how yeah. old are they? How old are they? About 12 to 18 or a little bit older. Okay, all right. So let's say, I, I think probably an appropriate age is probably somewhere between 14 and 16 years of age. 15, let's say, right? Okay. Uh, that's when they're going to start getting off of these things probably first. To bring, bring them down the school hall. Okay, well, bring them, okay, bring them down the school hall and show them slides. And, not, and don't mean just drugs. Of You know, we've heard the, the amount of young children that are taking their own lives. I, I don't know what they think happens when you take your life. You know, whether they think everybody goes to your Facebook page and goes, oh, I'm really sorry to hear this. Oh, he was a great man or she was a great woman. And then they all come back and take the praise for it. And I think in their own heads, there's no reality anymore because social I, I media has created a fantasy. that is in that position is thinking about those kind of things. Any, any I think, no, I just, I just don't think they see... Harm or kill themselves. Not absolutely. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say to you, I do believe that in a lot of people's heads, because it's, an, it's a thing... You know, people do instinctively sometimes when things get so bad. I do believe they believe it's a sh- it's a long term or should I say short term answer for a long term problem. Long term solution, yeah. uh, absolutely. Yeah. And they don't understand that that's it. I I think there's a fantasy. Social media has created this kind of fantasy in their head, where everything is instantaneous and there's an answer instantaneously that they don't believe they can work through things. The same way with drugs. You know, they see people having a good time on drugs. They don't see, the, you know, the Leibates, uh, uh, Beth, should I say, when she was 18 years of age, 18 I think she was. They don't see, you know, this young man, Jack Downey, at 19 years of age, dead. They don't see these things. I'm not sure that they don't see them. I mean, kids are aware that you, you take any drug, they're aware, well, okay, you're on like you're overdosing cannabis or something, but you, you know what I mean, anything harder than that. Not that I'm condoning the use of that because anyone on you're fully developed to what twenty something that can have an effect on your brain chemistry and stuff like that as well. Not that I'm an expert on it, um, but any kids taking those, they're aware of those. They're aware of the risks. You can't and I'm not saying, the and I'm not saying scaring them a little bit might stop some kids, but the vast majority of kids and adults, because it makes a lot more adults than it is kids, who are taking these drugs are going to take them anyway. It's like all the packs of cigarettes with all those disgusting pictures on them. I've never smoked anything in my life. But, yeah. I, I, get, I think there's a difference, and I understand the point you're making. Yeah, look, you know, when I was smoking and I look at the packs of cigarettes with a bit of lung hanging out, it didn't make a difference to me, right? Yeah. Because I had chosen to, I had chosen to smoke at that stage, right? And I was doing it for, since I was 16 years of age. 
I do believe that's different because I believe that that's out there. We've been talking about it. We're educated about it. I do know that cigarettes are harmful. There's no fantasy there in my head that's telling me they're okay. You understand what I'm saying? I think it's a different situation. I, I do know, I've seen stories, I've heard stories. My mo- own mother died of emphysema. So I, I know those stories exist. And then it's up to me to make, to make a decision. Whereas I don't believe we're giving the kids both sides of the story. I just don't believe we are. I believe we're giving them, we're only giving them the one side, which is the side they see on social media. I don't, and their, and their mates. I think, I think for most kids' parents, they're going to be getting, anyone with responsible parenting um, is going to be getting the other side of the story. They're not getting from their parents. Oh, drug, yeah, well, their, their parents are going to get drugs are bad. But, but that's their parents. Their parents will always tell them. They, the way they look at their parents is, ah, oh, your mum and dad are against everything. They don't want me drinking. They don't want me smoking. They don't want me having sex. They don't want me going out. They don't want me, they don't want me doing anything. So they, don't they, don't they don't rebel against them. their parents anyway. You know what I mean? And you think they don't do so to teachers? Well, they do, yeah. Well, I, well, well yeah, but maybe... You can't underestimate, though, the influence a good teacher has. I remember, now I'm in my mid-40s, so I'm going back probably 30 years, but we had sex education with uh, our form tutor, and she took the girls in one room, and the lads went with the male teacher, and they told us the thing. But what stuck with me for my life, and I've told it to so many kids, I'm a foster mum as well, and any girls I get, I tell them the same story. She told us at the beginning of the class, a boyfriend will change completely once you sleep with him. When, when he would have asked you, when can I see you again? He will only ask you or more often ask you, when can we do that again? Because the focus has changed. So be very, very sure. That really resonated with me. And it stayed with me always. And I made sure any girls I had in my care here, I told them the same story because nobody looks at us from that perspective. You don't realize that's the thing until somebody tells you. Okay, well, do me a favor, both of you. Just stay there for a second, Graham. And uh, also say me if you possibly can uh, as well, Cathy. Okay, lo- lo- I want to come to John after the break as well, but Gary Cunningham obviously takes issue as well with what Graham says. He says, Z for real. Not everyone dies from drug use. Uh, we have no idea what is contained uh, in these drugs these days. We need to get tough and we need a massive dose of reality. Great topic, says Gary. I think with Gary, in fairness to Graham, he is pointing out that they're in the drugs that are being sold currently in the market, on the black market, because they're illegal. Um, there are all sorts of, I suppose, chemicals in those drugs and they're not pure forms and that less people would die if they were pure forms. I think that's the point he's making. Not that he's condoning or thinking drugs are great, a great thing. Let me go to John. John O.D. John, I mean, what should we do in relation to this? I mean, do they need a bit of reality? You may be damn right sure. No, first of all, I want to say congratulate the parents of Jack Downey because and I, I think everyone will admit they showed tremendous courage in their role of grief and they must be applauded and con- congratulated for that because not only are they going through the trauma and the sorrow of their losing their only son, but I mean, they're trying to help others and get the message out that other families won't have to go through this So. In my book, they're tremendous people, right? Because I'm not even going to imagine what they're going through at the moment. And we'll be going through for a long time to come. I mean, those poor souls are going to be visiting a graveyard for as long as they live. Every birthday, every Christmas, beautiful summer evening, like an evening like this, and into a graveyard they're going to be going. And they're going to be looking at other men, the same age, the boys, his friends probably, growing up and getting on with their lives. So you can imagine... Oh, they must feel so. And how difficult it was for them to, you well, know, to, I mean, to do man, that, yes. I tell you something, the courage they showed there is absolutely tremendous and supremely impressed with those people. And this is the conversation, I think, like, I mean, what they have stopped, right? I mean, I'm not so impressed with Graham there. I mean, a school teacher, to be honest with you, listening to him there. But the thing is, I think, I mean, it has to be taught as young. I would even get in a service in a delicate way at senior infants. 
of the of talking about this. It's too late when you get into the secondary schools now. The whole landscape has changed in this country. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but you're, you're not going to show senior infants pictures of dead bodies. Well, I'm talking about just talking about the drugs in general, right? Because, you see, what needs to happen, and also, when you've got teenagers that are starting to go old, people need to have to have a chat. They need to sit down and say, listen, all right, you're going out tonight, and you're going to be offered something now. I don't care if all your friends are taking it, no. You don't take it. Because if you take it, that young lad that died, and you can mention the name of this disposal, I mean, this is what can happen. And yeah, but, Graham, but, but Graham's point is that, for example, we have pictures on cigarette packets, you know, of people dead or people with tubes and lungs and bits and pieces, and we know the damage it does, but yet we still choose to take that packet, bite the packet, take a cigarette out and light it. In other words, it doesn't make a difference. Yeah, there's I, no I, data I, to suggest doing this, the shock there, treatment there, doesn't there, work. There's nothing right to have a conversation one-on-one. And what the parents have to say to their kids, right? I mean, if you take something and you die, right, this is your mother here. I'm your father. This is what you're putting on us for the rest of our life. And if there's brothers and sisters there, dragging our ass into churchyards there, going through a funeral and the trauma of this, you will do this to your mother and to your father and to your brothers and sisters. This is what you will do. You will die, and we will have to pick up the pieces and mourn you for the rest of our life. This is the kind of conversation you have to have. That pussy putting her own, saying, you are going to put your mother and father and brothers and sisters through hell by taking a tablet and ending your life. Not only are you gone, but all lives will be destroyed as well for years to come, maybe. Maybe for good. Well, well, let me go back to Graham. Graham, that's a fair point. Maybe we're just not having the proper conversation. Maybe we're Again, pussyfooting around the conversations. That's down to individual parents. I mean, my kids are four and two. I'm not having those conversations no. yet. <laughs> but when they're older, I will. Now, will they all be about trying to scare the bejesus out of him and no other nuance to it? No. But Why not? Why wouldn't you want to scare the bejesus out of them? I said nothing but scaring the bejesus out of them. Mm. Will there be more to it than that? Of course, because they're going to have questions. If you're there doing, don't do this, don't do this, everyone's going to do Any questions they have, which may or may not be valid, they're not going to ask you. You need to, uh, There is nothing wrong with painting the reality for them. But you need to be open enough that you can they feel comfortable asking questions about something. Well, we'll, we'll say there because Gary, you're we'll say there, John, please. Well, well, hang on, hang on, both of you. Gary, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Gary? Hi, how you doing? Uh, well, look, um, just to give people a bit of background, as somebody who ended up in jail uh, for um, you know obviously carrying drugs. Um, and you got I like the way you put the emphasis in the word carrying. No, I'll continue. Go ahead. No, well, well, carrying a large quantity of drugs because you yeah, were down on your luck at the time, yeah. okay, and you ended up in Mountjoy Prison for a period of time. So, yeah. so you know the end yeah. result. Thankfully, not dead, but you know the end result of drugs and where it leads to. Do you know, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm blessed to be here today. If I, I'm listening to this, when I think back to 15, 16, 17 year old Gary taking ecstasy tablets like they were smarties every weekend without thinking, going to a certain place, point ten. This divvying your mouth between me mates. I'm getting upset here. I was throwing these down my mouth to have a good time, not having a clue, not having a breeze what it could do to me. I was in a house once, and this guy snorted a pill in front of me, an ecstasy tablet, and he hemorrhaged in front of me, in front of the whole party. He came up and snorted the pill, and blood hemorrhaged from his nose. It was like an explosion. Look, where I am today is this. First thing I need to do, Graham, if you're still there, I sent that text in, Gary Cunningham. I want to apologise. I was hoovering at the second time and I missed. I kind of got that you were saying that, ah, oh, no, sir, you know, everyone does some drugs. So I apologise for that, Graham, because listening to you, yeah, I see you're no coming from a really good place, man. 
You're also a school teacher. Graham, I am an, an, an ex-convict, but I'm also an author. And I'm about to publish my tour book. Which I'm not going to talk about this, but it's called I'm Enough, and it's aimed at our youths. And this comes from me going into schools. I volunteered for the last year my time to go into any school that would have me to tell my story and to hopefully scare the, sh- the bejesus out of them about life of drugs, a life of, of crime, and things like that. What's blowing and my I think mind, something Graham, like that would sound far more effective than me standing up the top of the class. But what, what I'll, tell, I'll tell you what I need to say, Grant, and I'm sorry that I'm rushing. Um, my mum has a hospital appointment and I need to meet her at half one, so I'm just keeping that in mind. Lily, Lily has a appointment. Right, he'll, be there, he'll be there in a minute. He'll come. Yeah, so the thing about it is I've gone into these skills and I've, I've, I've waxed lyrical of a very unorthodox way of, of, of my approach towards talking to the kids. I don't lecture them because I think someone like you, Graham, I actually highlight how amazing you and people like you are at the start of my book in the introduction because I think you are given a curriculum you need to teach and you need to lecture it. So I go in and I don't lecture. I talk. It's real. Sometimes an odd F word slips out. But I tell the story. What's really got to me, and I, I actually I had an amazing conversation with the host of this show who, who amazingly is going to launch this book for me by telling his own story. And we spoke <laughs> for about an hour on the phone last week. And we talked about this. And uh, well, after every skill... Uh, these kids will form a line, Graham, and they come up and they talk to me, and they tell me everything. I don't really know how this happened. I'm not an expert. I don't claim to be. I don't give advice. I'm not one of them second ages that goes around like that. But I live this life. And I personally feel, Graham, I think, again, I just feel sorry for sending that text, and I really want to apologise for that. No, um, but I, I do agree, okay, that I think, I think we need to get tough. There's another situation that's a complete off the topic, but Noel did touch on it today, and that's suicide. And I'm of the fear, not the belief, the fear that it's becoming a thing these days. Suicide is becoming a thing, and it should never be a Excuse me, it's not the course. It should never be a thing. So I do think, personally, for someone who was a gobshite that lived that life, that took these drugs, not having a clue what's being put in them. Because that's what's happened to these poor kids. You were dead right, Graham. If, if they were handed a pure MDMA, not that they should be taking an MDMA at 16, 15, but if they were, the chances of them dying are slimmer. Let's put it that way. But look, we're in Ireland. We, we're getting these drugs from wherever. They're coming from one part of the country. By the time they get to us, they're being what's called danced on, stood on, mixed on, so that the, the dealer can make more money. We have no idea as adults what we're taking if we're taking drugs. So we really feel... Them, them, and I wonder, Jay, uh, John, you, uh, you, you kind of said everything I wanted to say, really, and I'm a huge fan of yours from the show. You're right. What I think needs to happen is we need to get these kids and scare the bejesus out of them. And I understand yeah. what you're saying about smoking, but with smoking is socially acceptable. You can put on a cigarette box somebody with chills hanging out of them, but you can walk into a shop and buy them. Drugs should never, ever be a part of our society. Unless we talk about decriminalizing cannabis is a whole new, different ballgame. I understand. I'm talking about the drugs that are killing people. Heroin, cocaine, ecstasy. We should never, ever, we should be, be tough on this. And can I just say to any parent out there who thinks their 13 or 14 year old doesn't know what an ecstasy tablet is, wake up. I'm not saying they're not doing it. I'm not saying your, your beautiful child is out there lashing drugs over every weekend. But if you think they don't know what that is, wake up. Wake up, because we're losing children at this stage. We're losing kids to suicide. We're losing kids that are taking drugs. They haven't a clue what they are. And we need to get tough as a nation. We need to come together as a people and re- just stomp out this bullshit once and for all. Because it's ridiculous. Okay, but when it, a child okay. is dying, it's ridiculous. Sorry, Graeme, Sorry, do you want to respond? No, it's okay, Gary. Do you want to respond to that? It's quite passionate. Uh, Gra- uh, Graeme, do you want to respond to that? Is there anything, anything that you would disagree with? No, by and large, I agree with him. But other than, like you mentioned a second, we've got to be tough, we've got to, but, and, you know, scare them and all that kind of stuff. But then he was talking about how at the end of when he um, speaks inside in schools, which again, I would say, infinitely more effective than me or any of my colleagues doing the same thing. 
Uh, but that he would then take questions and talk to the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that second part isn't scaring them. That's what I was talking about earlier. Okay, sorry. Oh, you do oh, nothing oh, 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 but oh, oh, no, yeah, you need to inform them and educate them. Absolutely. In, I, in, I think that's defense, the point that he's making, yeah. My, yeah, in my defence, when, when, when it gets to this Q&A, I'm, I'm not sugarcoating it, uh, Graham. Like, it, 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 I, I shouldn't even be saying this. And a certain part of Ireland, an 18, sorry, a 17-year-old approached me and asked me to stalk talk on his own. And he told me he was selling cocaine. He told me the saddest story in the world, how his father is dead, his mother's addicted to the drug, he's a younger brother. And I'm looking at him and I'm going, and he's asking me for help. He said, I don't want to go to prison. I said, look exactly where you're going to end up. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, you'll go to prison. Because the other alternative is a bullet in the back of your head. But at the end of the day, I, I, as all these stories started mounting up, crime, the, the reason I wrote the book in the first place is a 13-year-old told me our best friend committed suicide two weeks ago, and I'm crying telling me this because I can't comprehend how a 13-year-old... I couldn't spell suicide when I was 13, and this is where I'm at. But I, I, I do agree, uh, Graham. What I mean about scaring the bejesus out of them, let, let's just take what that family has done. Uh, and, and I remember the, the, the photograph you were talking about the Aiden Herald noise. Yeah. That takes so much bravery and so much... I don't know. I, could, I don't know if I could do something similar. And I think that's what I mean, Graham. I'm not talking about sending them to bed with nightmares. I just think we need to have that conversation with these kids on a real level that says, look, if you're going to go and do this, just know, just know that, yes, there's every chance you're going to have a great night. And, and actually, the lady that was on was incredible there when she said the Instagram generation, I have a chapter in this new book called Unsocial Media, which deals with this stuff. But what it is is, we, we live this Instagram life. That's a brilliant point she made. Nobody puts up a post on Monday morning absolutely dying with their head looking like, you know what, I'm dying of a hangover and delivering bits. Nobody shows that reality. They just show this Instagram reality, which is bullshit. Let's face it. The good time's out, the music playing in the background, and we're all having a great time with our makeup on and we look lovely. Uh, Gary, I, I know you're rushed, and I have to go to a break as well. Uh, I, I, if you want to hang on with me, you can. Graham, you can hang on. I know you have to go and collect Lily for the hospital for a hospital appointment, so I appreciate you coming on. I want to go to Paul as well after the break. Keep texting, keep WhatsApping. The number is 87 Do children, when I say children, 15, 16, 7-year-olds, do they understand the reality of drugs? Do you believe they do? Or do we need to teach them differently the reality of drugs? After Jack Downey died, of course, his parents decided to teach the reality to his friends by showing them his dead body, by showing them in hospital with his liver totally destroyed, his organs failed and tubes coming out of them. They wanted to show the reality. They said it was the shock factor. We did the same thing back in the 90s and said, does it work? Will it make a difference? Do children understand the reality of not just that, as Gary talked about, of, you know, suicide? It's a word. He said he heard about a 13-year-old who took her own life. He said he couldn't spell the word suicide when he was 13, yet alone do it. Um, and this is something that young children nowadays know have far too much information about, maybe. Graham, I'm sorry again. He didn't. You don't have to apologise that much. I think he gets the gist of it. You took him up, Rob. He's far too nice. <laughs> well, let me, let me just go to Paul as well. Uh, Paul, you're on Classic Hits. Paul, uh, the reality, do children know the reality of life at 15 or 16 years of age when it comes to drugs and all these things, the dangers? Uh, no, I don't think so, but I've listened to a few of these arguments. You've had it a few times on your show. I listen to your show a fair bit. And it always seems to leave out the elephant in the room. Um, for the vast majority of casual drug users, they have a fantastic time. This never gets mentioned ever, and that's why they do it. Why would anyone do anything like that unless the flip side was they actually will have a great time? It gets left out. It's like, oh, we do drugs. Drugs are bad. 
you by and large are bad for doing them and your life would be terrible for doing them and those are your friends but that's not really the reality now I have no issue with you well, well it is well it is the reality when you're talking about class A drugs if you're talking about heroin how many no, heroin users no, in this okay, country have a wonderful sorry, life I'll, okay the class A's right okay we, yeah. we, we, there's a, a wide bracket of them but yeah. we'll say the clubs the clubs and I was a young man I lived abroad I went over with a lot of my friends we were young free and single and we partied and we had a great time some of the best times of my life never gets mentioned you can't say that cause it's, it's yeah but boot. you took a risk I, but I drive to work every day in Ireland in a car. That's a risk. I know more people of my friends that have gone down on a yeah, bus. But, 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 but anybody would tell you in risk analysis that you reduce the risk if you want to live. I mean, unfortunately, yes, we do drive it in cars. It's probably but the most life, dangerous thing we can actually do as life, human beings. Life is a risk. You walk down the street, a brick falls from a building, it hits you on the head. Yeah, but, you, but the point is, you don't. You try your best to avoid those risks in life. But, and clearly, but, taking drugs is adding I to the risk. That, but drugs are, are around since the dawn of time. Absolutely. And why are they? Why do we do them? Because, because we're human beings and we're reaching out for entertainment of some description. I but don't know. Exactly, but excitement. The the, I'm not, look, I'm not condone. I'm not saying it's for everyone. I, but, like, this never gets brought into the conversation. Because it's not a good thing to bring into a conversation, is but it? But it's the reason they do them. Oh, no, I, but that's like saying, for example, you know, let's talk about the good aspects of smoking. It relieves stress. You know, it's nice. I like the enjoyment of sitting back, watching the television with a cigarette in my hand, and I actually enjoy it. It only relieves stress because you're addicted. Well, absolutely, because the nicotine creates the stress yeah, in the first place. The but, first but, time but, you have a cigarette, it doesn't relieve anything or do anything. Possible. Makes you feel sick, actually. But in saying that, if you were to, to go down that route and talk about that, Paul, you know, you, 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 what no, you're no. doing is creating a false reality. Well, it's no, it's, it's creating an accurate reality. reality. Two or three hours while you're doing it. And, but, I, but I was talking to a researcher earlier on. Now, I'm not I mean, I'm not, by the way, I'm not an angel, lads. When I was 18 to 22, you know, I took speed. I took LSD. I took mushrooms. I did all, and I've admitted to all this before. I did all what this for about two years, two years of my life. Two or three yeah, years of my uh, life. Look, I have a wife and kids. I've grown up, and uh, for the vast majority of people, again, they do that. I understand some people get caught up, and then their lives are ruined. Yes, for sure. But why do we do it? I think my my original point was okay. Why do we do it? Why do you? Why do you think we do it? What we should tell our kids is: here's this drug. I would say, for instance, ecstasy. It, this is what you get out of it while you do it, and this is if you're prolonged abuse of it, uh, you'll erode such and such organs. Uh, the effects are bad. The effects are, no. Let everybody. Or it can kill you first time around. Or, well, it can, but it sure, can. But but now, for the vast majority, it doesn't. No, absolutely. You know but it can. Get, some people. Get it's a risk, isn't it? With, you could get on a plane with a peanut allergy and die. You know that. But that doesn't that doesn't scare people. But you don't do that intent. Yeah, the point of it, you don't intentionally get on a plane with a pe- with somebody with a peanut allergy or if you have a peanut I, allergy. I know that. What but I'm saying is, you intentionally put a drug into. When you, you don't intentionally take a drug that you know is going to kill you. But you're, you yeah, are intentionally yeah. taking the drug that you know can kill you. But Nile and also yes. I just, again, I'm, I'm, let's not get into the botanics of it, lads. Yeah. But like Nile, another just your you've kind of you've obviously don't you've walked away from it. You have sense and you're a sensible man. You don't do it. I like to take. Uh, my, I'd like to take advice from lads who've been at it. Like, let's say your average rockstar who's come out the gate, he's come out the other side. I want to hear his story. I want to, I want to learn from him. Yeah, but gone. look at Ronnie Wood and all these kind of guys, you know, uh, and you know the Rolling Stones, you know, for, for the example. Most part, it seems they had an absolutely fantastic life. But it, do, mean, it does seem like that. Yeah, but those people who've been taking drugs all their lives are the exception to the rule. Somebody mentioned, for example, Baz and what's his name, uh, Ryder from the Happy Mondays. Happy Mondays. Yeah, look at the brain damage those two guys have for oh, taking yeah. drugs. But again, but like. We have to understand, and you know this, there is the casual cohort of people who do it, stop it and move on with their lives. And that's what... But yeah, but, but, and that's, that's but hey, the thing about it is, 
I'm when I did that between eighteen and twenty-two years of age. I don't want people to think that's a good thing. It wasn't a good thing. I'm I'm sorry I did it. I regret well, doing I mean, it. Like, did you regret it when you were nineteen and twenty? No, and because I was nineteen and I was immature. And did it have any lasting negative? It could have killed me. No, it could have no, no, killed me. Did it? But I but the, thankfully I was clever enough than, to give it up. Sorry? There's nothing worse than being this puritanic. I know, I know, I know. I sound like a hypocrite. Yeah, I know. You know yeah, what I do mean? as I say, not as I do. I know absolutely. And I, and, but maybe with, with yeah, I suppose the risk is sounding nutty. The, there is kind of hindsight there that I can say to other people, well, I did that, but I tell you, you shouldn't do it because it didn't do me any good. It was there no purpose in my life. But say, but just, I want to get a Bernie before the break. Hang on. So uh, I didn't do you any harm. No, okay. Bernie, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Bernie? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good. I totally think that, the, that parent, those parents were very brave to do that with their only child and to give his, their, his cha- other uh, friends a chance to see what it actually does on one episode. I don't care if you could get it, take them once and you think, oh, I'm okay, I can take them a few times. It, they're never right. They're not right. They're not made properly. They never were manufactured properly. They're illegal substances for a reason because they kill and ruin lives. They do. And, and by the way, somebody said, tell that person, well, you didn't use the word person, you used another insulting term, and that the family of someone <laughs> taking drugs also suffers uh, when they took them as well, you know. Um, I mean, I've, I've, nursed, I've had the, the, the privilege to nurse people over the years, but I have nursed people who have been strung out on drugs, who have had their noses, who have had their brains blown, who've had their... Their septums collapsed. Yep. Their septums, their noses, their brains, their sinuses, their eyes, you name every system in their body was affected. Not only that, I mean, it's not right. They're, if they were legal and they were so good for you, how come they're not on, a, on prescription? You know, you know, how come you can't buy them over the counter? How come they're not, you know, why is well, that? Because they don't have medicinal purposes by marriage. Yes, yeah, so why would you want to take something to go out? And why are we pr- pr- promoting the idea that you need something uh, I'm being to go out? Very clear. And go out I, especially as a teacher, I am not promoting this, but I'm I appreciate that. the question. I don't think loads of kids should go out and do mountains of drugs. But they're taking them because they feel good and they get a buzz off. But, I mean, why, are we, why, why, why are we advocating that? Same re- the same reason people drink. Yeah, but you know, like it's it's so different. Drugs are different. They're a different. They're a different whole setup. It's not like drinking. You would drink barn by drink legally. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but you, <laughs> can, you, you can't socially. Uh, well, although I know Paul would argue, you can socially take drugs. ecstasy or or heroin, for example, class A drugs. You can't socially take heroin. No, you, I don't think you, know you, know what I mean? I don't you can socially tried. drink alcohol. I can't imagine you can. No, you, you, you can. Control your drinking. You can take two. You can go out tonight and you can say, "Right, I'm going to have a bottle of wine, or I'm going to have two pints, or I'm going to have a glass of beer." You're in control of that. Well, will you take a substance that's of an unknown uh, um, where it was made up or how it was promo- how it was gotten to you, and it's in a plastic bag and it's handed to you? You do not not know for one second where that came from or what it's going to do to you. And why would you take something that's not you know? gone through all the FDA testing and all the serious rigors that drink go through and uh, cigarettes, we all know those have all gone through different systems and it's up to ourselves at the end of the day. A drug is something that is made up by anybody in a back room at any time, any place. And it is, you know, it's not right. 